0: episode of The Keepers. I'm the host, Paige Demacos, here with Chris Schubert on a Friday afternoon. Let's start here. Before Chris gets into the office, before most people are in the office, okay? All right, hold, hold on, hold on. No, hang on. No, no, because I get... don't want
1: you to paint this picture like I'm lazy and I, no, I show I get... up to the office no, like, a... whenever I want.
0: No, I'm a freak that gets okay. to the office at 7 a.m.
1: That's all I wanted to clarify.
0: Yeah, you want to make sure that yep. everyone knows no, on that the I'm record. a freak. the Okay, so I'm here early and a couple of people walk in, and the first thing, the first thing that comes down, the Friday news dump, but not at a 5 o'clock, this early, nine, nine, 9.07, I believe, it was the Adam oh, Schefter tweet. Down? Did you
1: write it down? I can I check. just remember.
0: I think it was 9.07, like seven minutes after Chris gets off his radio show. That's yeah, I,
1: it, it's uncanny, the ability for news to break the whole
0: when i 100%. Adam Schefter tweets out that Ezekiel Elliott has been suspended. For six games. And wow, oh wow, could I not have been given a greater gift for a fantasy football podcast on a Friday than Ezekiel Elliott News this morning. It was, Chris, it was, it was it was fantastic. It was gifted to us this morning, and, and now we had to run with it.
1: Yes, 9.07 to confirm was oh. the tweet. I did check.
0: Wow, I got a good memory.
1: Also, when you click on the tweet, the responses just it, don't go there. Don't go to the responses on Twitter for the Schefter tweet about Ezekiel Elliott being suspended for six games. It's not a fun place.
0: So you're telling me that Cowboys fans are irrational.
1: I don't know if this is a Cowboys fan, but I'm going to read you some of the the, the reply from this one gentleman. This is
0: what I'm talking about You right do
1: here. You do realize, you, just the capital U, not correct, correctly spelled, you do realize he didn't get charged in court, Right. But okay, as if Adam Schefter was the one who suspended him.
0: It's my, it's my favorite thing, because I definitely, I tweeted it, I quote tweeted it, and I said, the NFL isn't messing around. Mm-hmm. I got probably, I think, 20 responses. They were
1: all rational, right? R- and, rational Cowboys fans?
0: Well, a lot of them were not Cowboys fans celebrating. Okay, There was that. And then there were about six or seven tweets from Cowboys fans, all very, very angry about how there was no evidence no evidence to prove that ezekiel elliott was guilty which i did not respond to but i will respond to verbally here it has been said by mike garofalo of the nfl network i think he works for or espn that the e, that the nfl's private investigation had three photographs three photographs of evidence mm-hmm. okay now Zeke had multiple infractions this over there are this th- off season.
1: Three mentioned in the letter, which I've read cover to cover yep. the ten-page letter. There are three that they highlight,
0: and those three are:
1: there is the the domestic violence incident on two separate occasions so at Ohio State. Uh, yes, while he was with the his old girlfriend, his ex girlfriend. Yes, there are two separate incidences on two different, uh, I, I believe, set of dates in June of two thousand and sixteen. Then there is the St. Patrick's Day incident, which yep. is. Somewhat related, it's just another example of his conduct and how it's maybe not the, the best conduct for a running back to have. They combined all that together in this, in this ruling, I guess, into suspending him for six games. And very quickly on the point of, well, he wasn't convicted or wasn't charged with anything in, in the court, I, I get it. Like, I understand Like the NFL shouldn't be playing traffic cop, right? That's not their job.
0: Yeah. But they
1: also have a league to run and it's a business and they want to make sure that their players are abiding by their rules. And if players violate those rules with or without charges in the criminal justice system, the NFL is going to punish those players and that's what they did here. So I I get it, Mm -hmm. but the NFL has a set of rules that you have to follow and it it is clearly... Stated in this letter that what Ezekiel Elliott did violated clear directives in the personal conduct policy. It's oh. clear cut, it's,
0: it's, it's black and white. Also, Tom Brady was suspended for four games, and there was never any proof. Evidence that Tom Brady was doing it. And
1: there there were no, there wasn't a criminal investigation either.
0: So you can't, this is different. There's a code of conduct that the NFL has. This isn't, just because he's not charged doesn't mean he didn't do it.
1: We have a code of conduct here at FanRex Sports. Exactly. That we have to follow. Absolutely. And if we don't, whether or not we're going to be sued or charged with anything in the criminal justice system. We can be fired.
0: That's how the world, that's how any job. Works. In the world works.
1: Uh, Not to get too political, but look what just happened with Google. A guy sure. got fired for violating their personal conduct policy.
0: Absolutely, not because he did
1: anything illegal, and he's being charged with anything by police. He did something that violated Google's code of conduct, yeah. and they canned him for it. For sure, it's the way the world works. The NFL is a company; yeah. they're a business. Ezekiel Elliott is a, an employee of the NFL. That's yes. the way this works.
0: One hundred and twenty percent. So, Cowboys fans, I know you're upset, and I and, and they're probably I get all it.
1: tuned off. Right? And
0: and fantasy football fans, I get you're upset. I. I have friends, family members who I know, who I know have keeper leagues that have Ezekiel Elliott. Now, let's just jump right into that because if you are a, if you had Zeke, okay, and uh-huh. you are, and you already chose your keepers because it's likely you probably already had to submit the the guys you're keeping this season.
1: This is why you don't draft early. Yes,
0: also that I don't understand why anybody drafts
1: earlier than next week.
0: Yeah, the I will never understand the that. middle of
1: preseason is the is the time. You,
0: Cuz you know what after that if stuff happens, all right, stuff
1: happens. You can't wait until the week before the season. No. You got to get your draft in at some point.
0: Yeah, but you don't need to do it July 31st. No, that's I, a joke. I don't understand that. But let's talk these are the 6 games, okay? He is appealing, we'll say that. Ezekiel Elliott is appealing, but I will tell you I've read the
1: letter. There's yeah, no way. There's
0: no way and if it does go down, the only way it would go down is to 4. Okay, yeah, so this is it's at still least four. four.
1: It is four. No matter what. Yep.
0: So these are the six games he would miss if it stands. The New York Giants on Sunday Night Football to begin the year. Marquee matchup. The Broncos. The Cardinals on the road.
1: Monday Night Football, marquee the, matchup.
0: The Rams, the Packers, and the Niners. So four of those six games are against tough opponents.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely.
0: And any opponent in the NFL, doesn't matter what week it is, is a tough opponent. It doesn't matter because every game is closer than you think it is. And the difference between the best and the worst is much smaller of a gap than you think that it is. I
1: think from a fantasy and an Ezekiel Elliott perspective, five of those six games are tough. The Rams have a very good defense. It's very underrated. Aaron Donald, those that secondary, that's an underrated defense that can cause some trouble. So besides the 49ers, there's not a matchup that you're like, oh, I love Ezekiel Elliott this week. No, there isn't.
0: No and no matter what if he was playing or not you weren't looking at those matchups and going wow i'm really excited for Zeke to play but now this is how it impacts the offense okay because if you have if you're drafting Des Bryant or you're or you're drafting Dak Prescott this now impacts you because you have to realize that for 6 games the workhorse in the backfield is not going to be playing and it's not going to be the same whether it's Darren McFadden or Alfred Morris it doesn't matter because those people are not Ezekiel Elliott
1: now, can I, make, can I use some statistics yes. here for you? So there's a great article on FanRackSports.com. I will give credit where credit is due uh, by, I believe, it's Peter Bukowski. I'll check right now. Yeah, Peter Bukowski, who writes about the fantasy implications of Ezekiel Elliott's suspension. And he does note here in this piece that Ezekiel Elliott, if you take out week 17 of the regular season, he had because that was the game that he didn't play. He had 76% carry share and a 9% target share. Darren McFadden, over weeks 7 through 17, Mm -hmm. when he was healthy, had a 76% carry share and 11% target share. So at least from a production standpoint of what they're going to do, they kind of use Ezekiel Elliott and and Darren McFadden the same.
0: For sure. You're not
1: going to get the same production, obviously, but they're going to get the same kind of touches. So from a fantasy perspective, if you have Ezekiel Elliott, if you're in a Keepers League, you've already taken Ezekiel Elliott, or you've already drafted and you have Ezekiel Elliott, and Darren McFadden is available, you kind of have to take him yeah, to handcuff yourself. Yeah,
0: but aren't you nervous if you take Darren McFadden, then Alfred Morris starts getting a lot of those touches?
1: Yes, but I'm speaking only in the sense of if you already have drafted Ezekiel Elliott or you or you've kept Ezekiel yeah, Elliott. I got if it. you don't have any of the Dallas running backs or you do haven't not drafted draft yet, do not draft any Dallas Cowboy. I, I'm I, hot take. I don't want Dak Prescott. I don't want Des Bryant. No,
0: it's a disaster. Look, this is a this is a disaster defensively if Zeke's in the lineup.
1: Now you have to put more pressure on the passing yeah. game for a sophomore quarterback who doesn't have his safety blanket. No offense to Dak Prescott. I think he's very good. Zeke Elliott's a safety blanket. 100%. Doesn't have that anymore against the Broncos, against the Giants, against the Cardinals, against the Rams, no, they against could go. the revamped Packers secondary. Listen,
0: they could go 1-5. They could go 1-5.
1: Hot take, uh, the prediction here, they start the season 0-3. They don't win any of those games. They don't win any
0: of those games. No, Giants, Broncos, Cardinals. Not a
1: chance. They start the year on 3
0: Listen, and maybe we're undervaluing Dak Prescott, but what I saw, we saw one-year sample size. Mm -hmm. So now you have to understand that everybody has film on what Dak Prescott did last year, okay? Absolutely. So what he did last year is not going to be replicated. That offensive line... It's not going to be the same. Jonathan Cooper, who couldn't keep a job in Arizona or New England or any other place, mm-hmm. is now likely going to be starting. They lost two of, the, of those guys off their line. Even so if
1: they had all those guys, you can't expect similar production. There. No, for sure. Can't. And you
0: definitely can't expect the same production when you don't have the same people doing it. Right. So for fantasy value, everybody takes a hit. Yeah. Dez takes a hit. I mean, Dez is still, you're still drafting Dez Bryant, and you're still drafting Dak Prescott. You are.
1: I'm I'm a little in a 14
0: team league, like in my league okay. with 14 teams. Dak Prescott's top 14. Is,
1: is he? A, I view Dak Prescott now as a QB two option for me. Okay. He's a QB two option and Des Bryant, wide receiver three. Wow. And He drops that far for me because okay. I, I can't look at the court. We talked to Liz about this. Look yeah. at the corners he's going up against. Yeah. He's now getting more attention. It, it, for example, let's talk about the team that you and I know pretty well, the Cardinals. Yeah. That Monday night game, no chances he could plays in that game. The suspension's not getting reduced no, to two No, Patrick
0: Peterson's on Des Bryant Patrick. all day. He's irrelevant. He's irrelevant. irrelevant.
1: And they don't have a running game to maybe force the Cardinals to give them a different look.
0: That's a good point. Des
1: Bryant is not producing any points in that game.
0: No, and the Giants defense, top notch, Cardinals secondary. Right. Good luck. The Broncos, Broncos have secondary. the best
1: secondary in, in all yeah. of football. Yeah, good luck.
0: Good luck with Des
1: Bryant getting points, because now if I'm any of those teams, and this is a straight football perspective, I'm in the room going, "They're not running the ball." You know what? We'll make Darren McFadden beat us. We're taking away Des Bryant. We're yeah. taking away the passing game. Okay, guess you become what? Become one dimensional. Am when I you really become
0: one dimensional? It's very tough. One to win dimensional where games.
1: your number two wide receiver is Terrence Williams.
0: Yeah, that's rough. Ryan Switzer, Cole Beasley. Yeah, I mean, come on. Des Bryant's
1: going to get taken away because there's no secondary option. It's not like...
0: And Dak Prescott is a question mark for me. He was a question mark coming into the season beforehand. Now it's a huge question mark for me because he's, as you said, a safety blanket. Last year it was very easy to run that offense. He he, had a phenomenal offensive line, a phenomenal rookie rookie running back, and he didn't have to do much. I'm not saying... Let me... I'm not saying Dak Prescott was not good last year. but if Very you, good. But Cowboys fans, if you are expecting what happened last year to be replicated this year, you're delusional. You're it, delusional.
1: It's easy to run an offense and be successful when you have to throw the ball 22 to 28 times a game. Exactly. Right. Ask any offensive coordinator or head coach. That's the number. Yeah. 22 to 28. And when you have a running back who's going to give you 17, 20 carries a game, gets you 150 yards, add a touchdown here or there, be a weapon in the passing game, able to help protect the quarterback, that's a huge target. Guess what? That's not there for at least the first four weeks of the season. And I'm being generous that they're going to reduce the suspension.
0: So do you draft any of these guys? Do you draft any of them? I no.
1: draft them as bench options, and I don't hang my hat on Dak Prescott or Des Bryant or Ezekiel Elliott winning me a fantasy trophy. Because here's my thought process: if I can draft a team that is going to be on the field six weeks is half the fantasy season, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't risk that. I, I need an option that I can believe in for six weeks. But you know what? Come the the playoff push in fantasy, come the postseason, if I have a fresh, jacked up Ezekiel Elliott. Oh. Because that's what he's going to be
0: with some to prove and ready to and ready to play. Uh, Right,
1: and and I I know there's going to be you know the 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 typical TV when he goes out there. Oh, the redemption for Ezekiel. No, Ezekiel Elliott made made a lot of poor choices and deserves to be suspended for six games for his choices. Let's make that clear.
0: One hundred percent.
1: But Ezekiel Elliott is going to be chomping at the bit, sitting on the sidelines, not being able to play. So from a fantasy perspective, and you know what? Maybe there are people out there who can play fantasy with a moral compass and not draft Ezekiel Elliott. The NFL doesn't have a moral compass more more often than not. I don't think I can do so in fantasy. I take my moral compass and I check it at the door when I play fantasy football with the NFL and some of the conduct of their players. If I can get Ezekiel Elliott late in the draft for the playoff push, late in the season, that's a home run. But to draft him in the first three or four rounds – I think is a mistake because by doing so, you have to take Darren McFadden. You have to.
0: Yep. And th- and this is what I will say. This is word for the wise. Don't be that guy or girl that gets nervous and takes him too soon because you know it's going to happen. You know it's oh, going to yeah. happen. Somebody in your draft is going to sit there and they're going to see his name they're like, and they're going to go, oh man.
1: He's going to come back. He's going to oh, be. He's going to have a huge year.
0: No, it's got to be late. It's got to be. Got to be late. Has to be late. He's missing half of the fantasy football fe- season. He's irrelevant. Zero on the scoreboard for six straight weeks. Think about that before you draft him because you have to. You have to it's not Le'Veon, and, and, and it's not an automatic that he's going to come in and everything's going to be fine. So you have, to be, you have to be cognizant of that when you are drafting. But there were other things, because I don't want to talk about Zeke this whole time. There no. were other things that happened today. And that is an NFL trade.
1: The Bills may be the dumbest franchise in the NFL.
0: Well, there's that, okay. But there was. Were... Oh, no, no,
1: that's the Bears. Because yeah. they traded up for Mitch Trubisky. Uh, who is apparently now the savior after one preseason game. Mitchie. Oh, Mitchie's Mitchie is what you're calling him now? Mitchie. Okay. Yeah, Mitchie. All right.
0: Uh, you're a Jets fan, so you don't get to call anybody a dumb franchise. No, let's no, just, no. Let's I, just get I, that out. There I can't. Right
1: now. I can as long as I admit first that the Jets are a dumb franchise. Yeah. And, I, and I am very clear about my stance. Yeah, and the Bears my, are
0: a dumb franchise yes. too. I re- yeah. ridicule them regularly. If it's you are able to Mitchie.
1: criticize your own franchise, I yeah. think that gives you authority to criticize other franchises.
0: Okay, I'm cool with that. But uh, let's talk about the trade. Uh,
1: which one? I, I mean, there's a
0: couple trades the, here. So the the. the the big fantasy aspects here. So let's start with the let's start with the bills. I you were talking about the Sammy Watkins. Just get, yeah, but just... the bills. Let's talk about what they get. So okay. they get Jordan Matthews from the Eagles. Okay. Okay. So what do you like about Jordan Matthews? Because let me give you this. I told this to you earlier. Yes. Tyrod with Sammy Watkins averaged eighteen point nine fantasy points per game. Tyrod without Sammy Watkins. fantasy points per game. So I think we're overvaluing a lot of because Sammy was hurt a lot and he never really got into a rhythm with that offense or became a focal point really. And obviously for Tyrod, that didn't impact him. So if you're from Tyrod's fantasy value specifically, there isn't much of a difference, I don't think, in the Jordan Matthews-Sammy Watkins, especially if Jordan Matthews stays healthy for an entire year and can be out there and can be a valuable option. I don't think this really, really does anything to Tyrod specifically.
1: No, I think Tyrod's fine. I, I am of the belief, and I will spit this hot take for the first time here, that they are sabotaging Tyrod Taylor because they don't want to pay him money and I think they're getting rid of his best target and trying to sabotage him. But that's from a f- pure football perspective. Where do you think Jordan Matthews is going in drafts right now, before today's news, in a snake draft? Where do you think he's going? Average draft position.
0: Oh, low. Yeah. 115, yeah, according I was to, say 100, to ESPN. Yeah, I was going to say 112, uh, 120. Yeah,
1: 115, where you have Alshon Jeffrey, son of a one-year contract. Yep. You have Nelson Adelor, a, a young player that they want to build around, and then Jordan Matthews.
0: Yeah.
1: You go to Buffalo – Name me a receiver that's going to get more targets than Jordan Matthews.
0: No, Jordan Matthews' value goes up. He's the number one
1: now. So I think this number goes up. So if you believe in Tyrod Taylor, and that's what this is based on, then I think Jordan Matthews is a very good wide receiver to target. I really do.
0: And here's another thing I think I like. It adds to Shady's value. It adds to LaShawn McCoy's value because of the fact that now he's going to get the ball more.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to put a big emphasis on their running game.
0: One hundred percent.
1: And I mean, they're paying him the second highest annual average value of any running back, so yeah. they're certainly going to want to get their money's worth, and that's a key part of their offense because it's balance, right? And Shady
0: can and Shady can catch out on the backfield. Yeah, so he I, can. He can do both.
1: Yeah, so I think if you're in a, in a PPR league, LeSean McCoy is home yeah. run, especially I mean, now that him? Zeke's
0: out. I mean, I, I I put him in that top tier with. David Pretty Johnson David and Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell.
1: Yeah, I think he gets the bump. Uh, I think yeah. you can make the case that Devontae Freeman gets a bump yeah. because of this. Uh, just to go back to the running backs for a second. But, but I look at, from the Philadelphia perspective...
0: Okay, let's move on I, then.
1: I, I mentioned a guy that I think is going to get an increased workload. So a guy to keep an eye on. If you want a sleeper, yeah. Nelson Aguilar.
0: For sure. I think There's he's no way he doesn't get more touches He's
1: going to get more touches in that offense. He's probably the wide receiver, too, behind Alshon Jeffrey. That is a, is a boost. If you're looking for a guy... Again, I, I don't know where you stand on Carson Wentz. I I would stay away from Philadelphia players because I mean, Carson Wentz's mechanics last year were just a disaster.
0: Uh, I I mean Alshon's getting drafted.
1: No, no, no. I because he's the clear
0: number one. Obviously,
1: there. and it, just because I I worry about Carson's mechanics doesn't mean he's not going to be able to throw the football effectively. For sure. But am I going to get consistent value out of Alshon? Alshon Jeffrey on draft position, the eleventh highest wide receiver. Yeah. People behind- That's good
0: value though, because he's talented enough to be a top five wide receiver. He's just never yeah. had, is- never had. He's had issues off the field. He's never had consistency with the Bears. So I think if he does get into a rhythm, and if Carson does, if Wentz takes a step forward, uh,
1: which he needs to, which has he needs to. to, has
0: to for sure. If he takes a step forward, and Alshon's healthy all year round, Alshon has Alshon has potential to be a top five wide receiver. Sure. He just, it's one of those guys that you're not going to take too big of a risk on, but it could end up being a value pick for you if he does end up falling to be the 11th overall and then scores in the top five. He,
1: so he's the 11th ranked wide receiver. His average draft position is 28. Yeah. That's, can, that's
0: good value I, I,
1: I look at some of the guys below him that I like a little bit more I love Brandon Cooks in New England I think yeah. it's a home run I, I get the concerns about New England likes to spread the ball around
0: for sure they
1: went out and traded for Brandon Cooks
0: for sure but I just don't on a on a week to week basis you know that the target in it's Philadelphia is Alshon Jeffrey oh, in yeah. New England it's going to change it's, it's going to rotate.
1: yeah uh, Keenan Allen in, in L.A. with the Chargers, definitely if Mike Williams is out, I think yeah. Keenan Allen with a healthy knee is, is a much better target because I know what Phillip Rivers is going to give For me. Sure. Uh, I, I think DeAndre Hopkins is a much better fantasy.
0: But I'm worried there because you don't know who's starting at quarterback still. Yeah, I mean, but that's... Brock
1: Osweiler was throwing DeAndre Hopkins the ball, and he was a very good I fantasy. I know, but do
0: and... we know what Tom Savage he's better, is going to do? He's
1: better than Brock Osweiler.
0: Ugh, I just –
1: Oh come on! You can't tell me that you wouldn't prefer Deshaun Watson or Tom Savage over Brock Osweiler. They started Tom Savage in a playoff game.
0: I mean, but what am I getting from him? I mean, I, I just I, I value wise, there like I, that's where Hopkins becomes like uh, like I, uh, I feel like somebody in my draft will go or will go grab him too early. Oh yeah,
1: I'm not drafting him in the top ten. Yeah,
0: I? but I know somebody will because it's DeAndre Hopkins and he has and he's very talented and he put up those numbers every year with the exception of last year. But when you're when you don't even know who's going to be starting and if they're four games in and then Deshaun Watson comes in and it's a completely different offense and he doesn't like going to Hopkins he likes going somewhere else that's an issue for me cuz I don't know I don't know who hit, I don't know if Hopkins is the guy to he might be to savage but then Watson comes in and starts doing different things and doesn't like going to Hopkins as much
1: yeah and another thing that we need to factor into this Will Fuller is going to be out for a very long time with the broken yes. collarbone so now all the attention is all right, we'll just take away DeAndre Hopkins yeah. and you will have anybody else so the same thing we said about Des Bryant, we can say about Hopkins as well. Larry Fitzgerald is lower than Hopkins.
0: Larry Fitzgerald is always one of the guys who's at the end because they keep thinking that he's going to drop off because of age and then every year he's he's always consistent for me.
1: 54.5 is his average draft position. I, yeah. th- I think he deserves to go higher than that. I think he's a legitimate I take him
0: earlier, just call me a homer, but Last year he was number one wide receiver in, in, in receptions. So I mean, Larry gets the ball, and you know he's going to oh, yeah. get the ball every week. So for me, like he's not Julio Jones number one or, or Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown is number one.
1: Check your privilege.: Yeah.
0: Okay? Antonio Brown or Julio Jones or any of those guys. Right. But he's right underneath, in my opinion, in that second tier where I had him as, you know, I had Mike Evans. Last year, awesome. who was a workhorse, love who I him. love. He may, love. Be,
1: he may be my favorite receiver in yeah. all football. and I, I had him.
0: Larry Fitzgerald as my wide receiver, too. and that's I a good combo. And I killed last year. Yeah, you're year getting points Because that way. Larry put up wide receiver one points pretty much throughout the season. Yeah, and that's
1: what you need to strike, right? You need to get a wide receiver two that's going to get you close to wide receiver one production. For sure. And have a wide receiver one that is a wide receiver one. You have that one-two punch, you're in business. And for that's sure. that's what you need to, to, to look for. So, I uh, Nelson Aguilar, a guy I like, I I think is going to thrive now in getting more touches. Zach
0: Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, they all benefit from the Mm -hmm. fact that Jordan Matthews isn't there. Obviously, they're all going to get the ball spread around a little bit more to them. The last team involved in this trade is the Rams, and they get Sammy Sammy Watkins.
1: Watkins. Do you like this from a fantasy perspective? No. So you are, just like I am, you are down on the Sammy Watkins hype train because Jared Goff is throwing him the football. Yeah,
0: I'm not down on Sammy Watkins. I'm down on the Rams. Oh, like, I'm I, like, like I'm not down. This has nothing to do with Sammy Watkins. I just don't know what the hell I'm going to get from Jared Goff because what I saw was not good. So, no. like, I, I, I can't trust that Sammy Watkins is going to go in there because he's a good wide receiver. But, A, he's never been able to stay healthy, okay? So that's issue number one. Mm-hmm. And, two, he's in a completely new offense with, I don't know, three weeks before we kick off in real football. And Jared Goff is not a reliable quarterback, and he has already made, you know, he's made his time with Tavon Austin. He's made his time. You know, like, I think he's going to go to Austin more than he's going to go to Sammy Watkins because that's – g- and I, I'm not just on a comfort level. No, and, I agree. And I- they're going to run the ball because Todd Gurley is going to be he, – he will bounce back this year. He will have a much better year, and he's going to get the ball a lot more.
1: Is Todd Gurley – the running back that goes way too early this year because everyone wants to be trendy and get on the Todd Gurley bandwagon and be like, I knew he was going to have a bounce back year. He's, he's so that guy. He's so the guy that everyone's going to draft way too soon. Here's
0: the thing. With fantasy, as much as you think it's a uh, it's separate entity from the NFL, it is, it, it's so closely related. And the people that, I've, that have dominated at fantasy football have looked at it from a matchup perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay? And from a matchup perspective, the Rams suck as a matchup perspective. Because there is no, maybe with the exception of the two weeks that they play the 49ers, there is never a week where you're going to feel really confident in that offense. And, and listen, There's no
1: reason to. They haven't given you a reason to be no, confident. No, exactly.
0: And so from a fantasy perspective, it's not like it changes. No. Like you look at the football side and you're like, okay, well fantasy-wise they're going to be much better. No, they're not. No, they're not. And the Rams could potentially be better, but how much better? And how much more value do you need? Like, I'm not drafting Jared Goff. No way.
1: Really? You're not interested in Jared Goff as your QB2?
0: No. Todd Gurley I would take as my running back, too, or put him on my bench. But he's not, like, he's not close to David Johnson this year. Not close.
1: Oh, no. That's because David Johnson is by far and away the best fantasy running back. But Todd
0: Gurley will get, I, I think especially in my league that I know that I play with people from back in Chicago, uh-huh. I will be able to get value for Todd Gurley because they're like, oh, no, that guy sucks. Because it's a recency bias because they remember last year, right? Yeah. And that's, that's the NFL. Everything's, what happened last year is going to be replicated this year. Don't fall into that trap because it never happens.
1: So Jared Goff I, is off the board on the ESPN average draft position because he has an average draft position of 170, yeah. which so, ranks with every other quarterback that wasn't drafted.
0: Yeah, he's so not drafted. He's off the board. Yeah.
1: He's off the board, and other starters who are on the board, just to put this into perspective, Blake Bortles, Alex Smith, Sam Bradford, Jay Cutler, Joe Flacco, your boy Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Brian Hoyer, uh, Jared Goff, and Mike Glennon.
0: Those are all the off-the-board quarterbacks. Yeah, so is
1: Trevor Simeon, Paxson Lynch. Those yeah, guys. I mean,
0: those are a lot of those situations are guys that have stepped in or quarterback situations where you don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. None of those guys I'm making a fight for.
1: No, I mean the only one,
0: and it pains me to say this, the only one that I might take and put on my bench is Jay Cutler, because I think you
1: and I are in love with Jay Cutler in Miami.
0: I'm not in love with Jay Cutler. I'm in love with Adam Gates. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: the idea of Jay Cutler in Miami is for sure, and he has tons
0: of weapons, and he has a good offense to run around. And I just, I feel like Cutler is going to have if he has 2015 season, and he stays healthy all year round, like you know, he's the. He's not hes not going to be a quality option, but he's going to be a guy I feel comfortable starting in a, you know, if my quarterback goes down and I got to make sure that I have a quality backup or on my bye week, you know, I feel comfortable putting, uh, I mean, I know that he will go in my league because it's all Chicago people, oh, so yeah, I know true. somebody will pick him up and put him on their bench, and I hope that person is me because I love, I love to hate Cutler, all right? It's a love-hate relationship. Mm-hmm.
1: Much the, easier when he's not playing for your team. Oh, yeah, team it's the, the best
0: now that he doesn't play for the Bears anymore. It's phenomenal.
1: Can we go back to Ezekiel Elliott for a second? Yeah. Because I have we'll a per- finish I, here. I have a personal question.
0: Oh, boy. Here we go.
1: I'm in an auction league. Yes. I think I've mentioned this on the show before. My draft is a week from Sunday. Okay. The way this league works is the winner of the league gets to set the order of the players that we are bidding.
0: Oh, I love that. This
1: is, it's great, right? No, this order was set a long time ago.
0: Yeah, when Zeke's value was... Hi.
1: Ezekiel Elliott's the first player we have to bid on.
0: Which is going to be very interesting. It's a
1: keeper's league. So the way it works, just to let all the listeners know, if I get Ezekiel Elliott, I can keep him for one season at the same price that I got him at the year price, Which
0: is great value for next season.
1: If I don't play in a league with a bunch of idiots who jack up his price. Now, though, now we all write the number down on whiteboards, and then we turn the whiteboards yeah, this around. this is
0: so good. I love and this. And then
1: you – so let's say I bid $62, and yeah. I had the highest bid – and Paige, you were in our league, and you had the second highest bid at forty-four dollars. I get Zeke for forty-five dollars, so I get Zeke for a yeah. dollar more than the second highest bid. I looked at Zeke's value on ESPN.com in the in the auction leagues, and I'll pull it up again here just to make sure because I want I want you to tell me how many dollars does he go down now? And I know you're not a big auction league player.
0: No, I've never played in an auction league, but I'm very interested. Like I'm very
1: interested. Sixty point two dollars is his average value.
0: Okay. Which is way too high. Way
1: too high. I think it gets cut in half.
0: Well, you told me that David Johnson's sixty-four dollars. Yeah,
1: so David Johnson, his average value in fantasy is sixty-four point five dollars.
0: Yeah, and Ezekiel Elliott is like twenty-five. Like twenty five bucks auction league. So he's you're... missing half the season. Half. Half of the fantasy football season. How in the hell? That's just automatically if he's sixty, he's now thirty. Like right, right. That's why that's half. why I went
1: with 30. Cut and then it in half half. And then who knows what production you're gonna get with. Yeah, you come so back. I
0: take five more dollars off. So 25 is where I'd feel comfortable going. So
1: you're saying I should put now I'm basically giving away my strategy to all the owners in the league, but you're thinking I should go for like twenty-six bucks and just see what see what happens?
0: Yeah. And hope that
1: because I get I I'm a new owner of the o-
0: Yeah, but anything over that, you're overpaying. Yeah. So do what you feel, go as high as you feel comfortable giving up, and then hope. That everybody went below you, and that way you can go. You pay nineteen bucks for him, or seventeen bucks for him, or whatever.
1: Because I'm in, I'm a new owner to this league. Yes. So everybody gets two hundred dollars to spend. I get two hundred and ten. I get an extra ten. Nice.
0: So it's like for, it's like it's playing a,
1: with money. It's playing with money. And then if you keep a guy, that person gets taken away from your salary. Everybody's keeping people. Yeah. So I have a lot more money to throw around than everybody yeah, else. Yeah, I like it. So uh, I think. My draft is next Sunday, so maybe next week I'll break down what my strategy is going to be.
0: Yeah, for so those
1: auction—it's uh, my first auction league, so maybe I'll resonate with some auction league listeners sure. of the program. Yeah. Uh, do you have a final thought on Ezekiel oh, Elliott yeah, since that was the big news? Today. It, it scrapped our whole plans. We we're going to do a—we're we going to do a whole league preview, a, yeah. a, a conference preview, or S- division preview. Division preview. So the, what, out the window. My
0: my final thought here is. To let the listeners know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. That's a
1: cheap plug. Very good.
0: Uh, The Keepers, if you didn't remember the name. You can follow us on Twitter, at The Keepers Fantasy Football, FF for Fantasy Football. And uh, you can follow both of us on Twitter. Schubert, what's your Twitter following? It is
1: at Chris R. Schubert.
0: Spell Schubert for yeah, the people. S C
1: H U B E R T. Okay. So like I'm in a doctor's office.
0: Yeah. And I am, uh, if you're trying to follow me, I'm at the underscore sports page with an I. And uh, we are going to have a division preview for every division coming mm-hmm. up next week, Tuesday and Rapid Thursday. Fire. Tuesday and Thursday, we'll have our podcast. We'll do NFC West and NFC East. So let's just go there. NFC East on Tuesday, NFC West on Thursday. We'll have a special guest on Thursday. And you know what? Maybe we'll throw in a guest on Tuesday. Who knows? Really, we can do anything because it's our podcast. So you have been listening to The Keepers. For Chris Schubert, I am Paige Demacos. Thank you for listening.